0: Happy sabbath. You have to excuse my voice this morning. I've uh, contracted or I've come in contact with vog. For some reason when the vog hits, my voice says goodbye. So it's been kind of a joke. I've been walking around the house. Did you know I'm Batman? And so you have to excuse a little. Sometimes my voice might crack. Uh, I'll do my best, but you know, this isn't the first time I've spoken without a voice. So I pray that the Lord will pull me through this. Before we get started, how about we say a quick word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us today. We thank you that you have brought us together to worship you. And as we get into your word, I pray that these would not be my words, but your words. I just pray that uh, you open our ears and our minds, and I just pray that your Holy Spirit will come and be with us, Lord. We thank you and we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today's sermon is entitled all by myself. All by myself. You know, I like to summarize my sermons usually in one word. And so today's word is loneliness. Loneliness is a very relative word because we can relate to it. There's a lot of stories about people who were known as loners. For instance, uh, anybody heard of the poet Emily Dickinson? Famous poet. I think she was the one that was known to never leave the house. Uh, she continuously wrote poetry from her bedroom, looked out the window into her yard, and she wrote poetry. She never left uh, either her house or her estate. And she, her, many of her poems reflected her loneliness. Uh, there are a lot of people in today's world that is lonely, especially the elderly. You know, as a Bible worker, I worked a lot with elders. Um, I would visit them in hospitals in care homes, Bible studies. Uh, I'm even taking a whole class about the sociology of aging. And it shows, the older you get, the more alone your life becomes. Because when you're young, uh, you start off with your parents and friends, and then you get your own family. and Uh, you're married, so you have a companion, and then you get older, your kids move away. So all of a sudden, your life starts almost deteriorating. You start becoming more and more alone. Uh, Your kids get out of the house, uh, family members start passing away, uh, sometimes your parents, your spouse, and sometimes you're left alone. So a lot of the elders in today's, society. I visited them a lot. I visited them a lot and they're very alone. And so today I was inspired to write the sermon on the topic of loneliness because we can all relate to it. The patriarch David, even though he was a very spiritual man, admitted feelings of loneliness and expressed them through writing uh, in the Psalms. Uh, in Psalms twenty-five sixteen, it says, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely. Psalms 102.7, I lie awake. I have become like a bird alone on a roof. And turn with me to Psalms 142, verse 4. Psalms 142, verse 4, a psalm of loneliness. Psalms chapter 142, and verse 4. Bible says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know, my, that would know me refuge failed me no man cared for my soul you ever feel like this you ever feel i'm alone in the world the world hates me sometimes it sounds kind of pathetic but we all get there eventually i mean we we all experience those feelings uh think back to your childhood your schoolyard days you wishing that you could play with the popular kids you're wishing that you could have a playmate to uh to play on the swings with Think back to high school when, for some reason, it seemed that everybody had a boyfriend or had a girlfriend except for you. And all you did was wish, man, I wish I had a girlfriend. Man, I wish I had a boyfriend. And then you get to college, you start growing up, you get a job, and uh, you see your friends getting married, having children, and you're sitting there by yourself. Even married people, uh, even in their marriage, they feel alone. Uh, Married people who feel that their social needs haven't been met in their relationship. There's people who are unmarried or divorced. Uh, People who have lost parents, siblings, pets, and other loved ones. And like we talked about before, elders. So the big question is, did God create us to be alone? Were we designed to stand alone in this world? What do you think? No. No, not at all. There we go. God created people to have a relationship with him. Go with me to, uh, not yet, wrong verse. God created people to have a relationship with him, but sin tore it apart. Remember, back in Genesis, back in the Garden of Eden, we were face-to-face with God. We would, uh, the human race would meet with God on a day-to-day basis. But Satan's plan was to separate us, to get us alone sin set us apart from god and if you think about the story of redemption is the coming together or the reuniting of us with god it's us going from a lonely stage to accepting jesus because when we accept jesus into our life that barrier that blocks us from god is broken jesus breaks down that barrier and we become reunited with the lord god created people to have relationships with other people. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis 2 and verse 18. Genesis 2 and verse 18. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. A a help meet for him. That's what the King James Version says anyway. Doesn't grammatically make sense, but oh well. But we were designed to have companions. That's what church is for. We come to church, not because of a social obligation, not for a religious obligation, we come to fellowship, right? Now, (coughs) excuse me, don't get me wrong. Sometimes being alone is good. Sometimes, you know, you need that time for yourself. Uh, I like to call it my bat cave mentality or my bat cave time, where you know you had a rough day. Us us guys especially, we're uh, I think the word is introvert or hermit. We kind of dive into our little hermit hole. I'm I'm gonna chill out in this little hole by myself for a little. I'll come out and I'll I'll be less grumpy. Um, which is completely opposite of uh, most women. Most women being extroverts. If they're having a bad day, do most women want to be alone? No, they want to talk about it. And so that transfers to the men. And so w- in a relationship, men have a grumpy day. Women's mentality is, oh, I should talk to them about it. Men's mentality is, I want to be left alone. And so there's this continuously cont- continuous clash of I want to be alone. No, you shouldn't be alone. I want to be alone. I want, let's talk. And so we have this continual struggle of, I want to be alone. Sometimes, yeah, being alone is good. Even Jesus was alone sometimes. Bible specifically says he would go off alone to kind of recuperate, to rejuvenate, to uh, have rest time. Because remember, Jesus was an extremely busy guy. People coming to him, you know, Jesus, can you heal me? Jesus, can you do this? Jesus, I need this miracle, et etc. Et Bible says he would go off alone without the disciples, and he would either sleep or pray. So don't get me wrong, loneliness sometimes is beneficial, but when it starts affecting us mentally, when we start feeling sorry for ourselves, and we just have a little pity party with uh, us in our room, on our bed, you know, listening to sad music, that's when it becomes a problem. And so how to overcome loneliness? First of all, God created us to have relationships with other people. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, is talking about the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 21. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21, the Bible says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need for thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. We as the body of Christ cannot say to each other, you are not needed here in the church. Granted, that has happened before church members have said to other church members, the church would be better off without you. Thank you very much. You may leave. Now, remember that each one of you is an integral part in the body of Christ. Um, We all play different roles. For me personally, as you guys know, I've transferred to Hilo Church, but look where I am today. Uh, I like to kind of consider myself kind of like a win. I'll just go where the Lord says uh, you need to be here for right now or uh, need you to do song service over here. So you guys are going to see, A lot of me, as usual. Nothing's really changing. (laughs) Jesus says you are important. Don't think to yourself, you know, if I don't come to church this week, no one will miss me. Because you will be missed. Uh, We as church members, sometimes we we think about it, it's like, oh man, so-and-so didn't come to church today, I should give him a call, and nothing happens. So I encourage you, you, if you don't see your friend in church, give him a call. I was about to call Josh right before uh, I got up here to preach. He wasn't here yet, so I was like, hey, Josh, where are you? I, wanted to, I was this close to texting you, man. <laughs> sin separated us from God, but sin also separated us from our fellow human beings. We can, s- obviously, this is how sin has affected our human relationships. We are now fearful, contemptuous, jealous, suspicious, and even cruel. But God can start healing our broken relationships. Apologies, forgiveness, can change lives. Don't hold grudges against each other. If if someone says they're sorry, let it go. Accept the apology and forgive and forget. That's harder than it sounds, but sometimes you just have to let the past be the past, because if you don't, you're going to be alone. We have to make sure that we amend the relationships with our fellow human beings. How to overcome loneliness. We've, We've seen how loneliness has affected us, it affects us mentally but turn with me to isaiah chapter 61 how do we overcome loneliness isaiah 61 isaiah 61 and verse 1 2 and 3. isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 2 and 3. now what's interesting about this verse is this is the first verse jesus read when he started his ministry he stood up before everybody and this is the verse he read So imagine Jesus saying this to you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to to comfort all that mourn. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for, for mourning, <coughs> the garment of praise for the Lord of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Jesus started off his ministry saying, I have come to rescue the lonely. I have come to rescue the brokenhearted. See, because We were separated from God. We were lonely. Jesus said he came to save us. It says, I have come to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. First step to overcoming loneliness, A, know that God is your best companion. Look at these Bible stories. For instance, look at Jacob in uh, Genesis chapter 28. Uh, Genesis chapter 28. This was when Jacob's life, started falling apart he deceived his father uh deceived his brother said i'm going to take the birthright from myself he was basically asked to leave so he ran away and he went found a pillow made of stone and went to sleep genesis 28:12 through 15 and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of god ascended and descending on it And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac (coughs) and the land where thou liest. To give thee I will give it and to thy seed. We don't really know what Jacob was feeling at this point, but you can expect that he was lonely. He left his family, left all that he knew, and he was by himself because of what he did. Jesus during this time, or the Lord during this time, gave Jacob a vision of this uh, ladder, their stairway to heaven, to to comfort him and to say, I am still with you. Another story in the Bible is Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19, verses 9, 11, and 13. 1 Kings 19, verse 9. If you're there, say amen. 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 All right. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Basically, this is the point where Elijah, this is after the miracle of Mount Carmel. uh, The fire came down when he had prayed and consumed everything. But Elijah was scared for his life again. So Elijah ran into a cave and was feeling lonely for himself again. So the Lord says, Okay, what's wrong? What are you doing here? Uh, Go with me to verse 11. <clears throat> and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces and the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a what? Still, small voice. would? I think that would be pretty insane. You're feeling alone, and then the Lord does this to show you that you're not alone. He says, all right, you're feeling alone. Step outside. So Elijah steps outside, probably, you know, his tail between his legs, and he looks outside. And what happens first? A big, huge wind, right? A wind that's strong enough to break rocks. Have you ever seen a wind break a rock before? No, that's kind of of crazy. That's a pretty strong wind. Then what happens after the wind? A earthquake. After the wind and earthquake. After the earthquake, fire. But then after the fire, the greatest and probably the thing that we still hear the most, a still, small voice. That still small voice that still comforts us that we are not alone. That still small voice that says that even though in this dark time, your parents may have passed or a parent may have passed away, a a pet, uh, a friend, the Lord still says, I am still with you. So the first step to overcoming loneliness, know that God is your best companion. Secondly, control our thoughts and our attitudes. Go with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 7. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, sometimes our, our worst enemy is ourselves. Our worst enemy, our, the thing that gets us down the most, isn't what other people did to us, isn't what uh, somebody said to us. It's ourselves bringing ourselves down. To overcome loneliness, we need to start controlling our thoughts and minds. And first of all, the best thing to do is resist the devil. It says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Remember, you are valued by God, and you are an in, irreplaceable part of the church body. First of all, if we start having negative thoughts, give it to Jesus. says, Jesus, you know, I need help. Let's start thinking happy thoughts. Find your happy place, as they say it, <laughs> or whatever that is. So secondly, so, uh, sorry, first of all, know God is your best companion. Secondly, control our thoughts and our attitudes, and lastly, Focus on meeting other people's needs. Matthew 28, the very last verses in the Bible, what does it say? Go ye, therefore, into all the world, teaching them and baptizing them. But notice what it says at the very, very end. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even until the end of this world. You know, when we start witnessing to others, when we start helping others, we forget about ourselves. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're kind of pitiful because we like to sit down in our room and listen to sad music and boo-hoo, she left me and boo-hoo this, boo-hoo that. But when we start helping others, we forget about our own problems. And we start focusing on other people's needs and we start focusing on Jesus because when we're helping other people, we start asking the Lord to help us to help them. So last, so to summarize, know God is your best companion. Control our thoughts and our attitudes. Make sure that if we start having negative thoughts, give that to Jesus. And lastly, focus on other people's needs. Both, uh, go with me to our last verse. Revelation 3, verse 20. Revelation 3 and verse 20. Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Are you feeling lonely today? Because Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, if you're lonely, if you know somebody who's lonely, show them this verse. Show them that Jesus is softly and tenderly waiting in fact that's our closing hymn so if you will turn with me to that hymn and my oh there it is softly and tenderly hymn number 287 number 287